hello and welcome to episode 217. No. The, oh man, I just said 107. What's it? Two, what number? 117. <laughs> Two, no, it's 215. Oh my goodness, I'm totally failing. Okay. Episode number 215. Okay. And we are off to a roaring start. We are, we are. Okay, well, let's just continue because, you know, I just totally <laughs> screwed that up. Okay, well, Sandy, I've got a story for you to get us started okay. today. Okay, I've been waiting all day for the story because this morning you messaged. This morning or yesterday? Anyways, mm. about that I've the, got, that I've got the, one. Okay. You have the story. Oh, now we're hearing crisis going on here. Can you hear? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but we can tell that you're back in Peru because we can hear the birds chirping. You can hear the birds chirping, but you can't hear the sirens. There's like fire trucks and everything. Oh, I, he I heard the sirens before, but I don't hear them now. I think you you're thought, okay. You probably thought it was you because you're in Toronto. and that's Maybe, like maybe I'm going to background noise. It easily <laughs> could have been. <laughs> All right. Okay, so here is my story. Okay. So I have, uh, you know, three different sets of keys for my, for my, uh, condo unit and, and then also the fob to get into the building, right? I have one, my partner has one, and then we have a spare. And the spare gets used for a variety of things. Like when my brother stays with me in the summertime, it's his. If I have a visitor staying with me, I can give it to them, like whatever, right? Well, in the midst of me selling my place, the realtor has had the spare because uh, first he needed to have the key available to people who were coming for viewings and then I sold my place. And so now the, the people who bought the place get to come for a couple of visits, right? And so he has been hanging on to this spare key. So the buyers wanted to set up an appointment to come and see the place this week. And so last week he put the key into the lockbox outside of the building to, um, so that it's there for their realtor to let them into the building and come and see the place, right? So I get a phone call from him at the end of last week saying that four of the lock boxes that belong to people associated with the building have been smashed and broken into and my key is gone. So the fob, which is like the little plastic piece to get into the building and the key to my unit have disappeared. And so, so now it's like the starting the process to like replace the key, calling a locksmith to get the lock on my unit changed, you know, and doing all of these things to like fix this problem because this key has gone missing, right? But the other thing that has to happen is this, uh, like this electronically, you know, uh, programmed fob has to be turned off so that mm -hmm. if someone did try to use it, they wouldn't actually be able to get into the building because at this point they can just, you know, this, whoever this person is can enter our condo building. Right. And, and so, but, but they have, what they have to do is turn all of the, like they have to deprogram all of the fobs that are associated with my name and then they have to reprogram the two that I still have. Yep. But property management is only here three days a week 
on site to do that. And so, of course, you have to go on a day when they're here. So last week on Thursday, I go, they had, something had happened. They left early that day. So they weren't there. So last week on Friday, I go again in the morning. No one was there. I go again in the afternoon. Third time's the charm. Someone is there. Great. So I explained to her what has happened. She has never, like, she has never heard that this had happened. She had no idea. What? Well, that's bad. I mean, well, who, I mean, but the off, like, property management was contacted. So, like, someone knew that this had happened. It was just this particular woman had no idea about it, apparently. Anyway, so I say, can you please, I said, I have both of the fobs that are still in my possession. Can you please reprogram them? no problem so she like looks on the one and she can still like sort of see the number and so she finds the number she's like yep that one's no problem the other one the number has been completely rubbed away so she's like can you go and like click this on the on the door to enter the the condo building so i can find it so i go and do that and she's like actually can you go back and do that one more time so i go back and do that one more time she's like okay no problem they've been like they're all set up for you great so I go back upstairs. I put the the one that I have now swiped twice. I put that on the counter because that belongs to Mark, and um, and I take mine because I'm leaving for the evening because I'm going to my parents' house for a, a pool party. So I leave. It's like three thirty. I leave the premises. <laughs> so then. It was 11 o'clock by the time I left my parents that night and there was a tremendous amount of traffic. So I didn't get home until 1245. What? Mm -hmm. Was like stop and go traffic. Oh, that's because they're doing work on the highway. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're down the, to one lane. I had that situation. Yeah. So they were down to one lane <laughs> on this highway in a variety of places. Ugh. And then they'd close the 427. So Perfect. I couldn't even get from the QEW to the 427. Uh -oh. I had to like go QEW all the way to, uh, like I had to go all the way practically into Toronto, like turns into the Gardner's Expressway. And then I, anyway, it was a whole, oh my God. It was a whole thing. Anyway, what normally takes at that time of night, what normally would take 55 minutes has now taken me an hour and 45. Needless to say, by this point, I am exhausted, number one, and about to pee my pants, number two, right? <laughs> so I grab myself. I have two big bags of stuff, and I'm like, you know, marching over to the door, and I open the door, and I put my key no. fob against the thing. No. no, it didn't work. Nothing. No. No. <laughs> So one time it did happen that like the reader wasn't working and it was that particular door where the reader wasn't working. And so I thought maybe that's the problem. And so I, I went out back outside. I walked all the way to the other end of the building and my building is very long and narrow. So I walked yeah. all the way to the other end of the building, tried it there. Nothing. Nada. So I walk all the way around to the front of the building, try it there nothing this fob is not working so i don't know what she did 
I don't know if she, like, if just the fact that I hadn't, like, swiped it for her, she didn't actually reprogram it. I don't know if maybe she read the numbers on the fob wrong and she's, de like, she's deprogrammed the wrong one. I don't know what she has done, but this fob is not working. I cannot get into my condo building. And so I'm standing in the like the little atrium so inside the front door but not yet inside the lobby because I yeah. can't get into the lobby because the door is locked yeah and it's one o'clock in the morning oh I desperately God. have to pee I'm exhausted and I don't know what to do mm. and I'm literally standing there thinking what am I going to do what what are my options right now and I'm like okay I can't get into my building I could drive back to Hamilton. Yeah. Like, and then I'm like, okay, but here's the problem. Yes. Or like, you know, I could get a hotel room. Oh. Like, I don't know, but, but like, here's the problem. Like I could drive back to Hamilton and stay overnight at Ham in Hamilton. But the problem is my yeah. key doesn't work. I still yeah. can't get into the building. So yeah. like that doesn't solve the problem. Like I still can't get in. And so I'm trying to think like, what am I, gonna do and I'm like well I mean I could just like sit in my car and like early in the morning like I could I mean I could my realtor lives in my building so like at yeah. eight o'clock in the morning I could text him and be like hey are you up can you let me in so I mean that's a, that or, that was yeah. the best solution I came up with in the meantime so anyway all of this is happening and then I hear that the back door has been opened and I'm thinking, Oh my goodness, someone is coming in the building. It's one o'clock in the morning. Someone is coming in the building and I'm standing at the glass door, like with my hands up, my face peering in. Like I look like a puppy in a, like in a pet store window, like, like pick me, pick me. I want out of here. You know, like this is me standing there looking. Ugh. And so sure enough, cause I'm thinking like, Oh my goodness, with all, like it will be just my luck that I've heard like a side door open and they just like sneak into the elevator and they don't even see me, you yeah. know, like, but no, no, they came right in from the back. So they were like facing me right on. And it was a young couple who I've never seen before. Like I, I mean, they live on the first floor, like off to one side. So I've, I've never, I never crossed paths with them. I've never seen them before. So, I mean, they don't know who I am either. Yeah. And I'm like, looking, like, I'm sure I looked forlorn. And so I'm standing there. And, and so, and I like, I'm like waving my hand, like, and I'm holding my key and my, like, yeah. and my, my fob in my hand. Like, and, and so the girl that like the, the woman comes over and like cracks the door, like, like pushes the door open and she's like, is everything okay? <laughs> and I said, my fob is not working and I don't know why. And I, and I didn't know what to do. And it's one o'clock in the morning. And I like, <laughs> did you I cry? No, I didn't cry. Surprisingly, uh -huh. I didn't cry. And I was like, I'm just so glad to see you. I thank you. Thank you. Th thank you so much. I said, I'm, I live and I'm like, I live on the third floor, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and she's like, well, she's like, you could have just buzzed yourself in. Nay, nay, I could not I, have. I know because you don't have a phone and you have never been able to set that up because you Correct. don't have a landline. Is that what it is? Well, the problem is, so this is this is what most this yeah. is what most people in my building have. Oh no, you have a long distance phone. That you know, is the problem. From Hamilton, it's that not, is that 
that is correct. So most people in my building, they their buzzer code is their cell phone. So if someone buzzes them, their cell phone rings and they can let them in. So if I had that, I could have just buzzed myself and let myself in. Yes, you're right. That would have been easy. Yeah. However, because my phone is a Hamilton phone number, the system won't accept it. It has to be a Toronto phone number or the system won't accept it. So, so I've lived in my building for 12 years without a working buzzer code for that reason. Because I refuse to change my phone number. <laughs> anyway... So I was like, no. So then, of course, it's one o'clock in the morning. She tells me that I could have just done this. So now I'm explaining to her why I could not have yeah. done that. And I'm just like, and, and my inside, like in my brain, I can hear myself. And I'm like, Kenny, just shut up. Just shut up. Just say thank you. Good night. Like, they don't care, you know? Anyway, so I get, so I get upstairs. Now it's 1.15. I get upstairs and the other key is sitting on the counter. And I'm like, okay. I just have to go downstairs and test this key because anyway, sure enough, it works. Oh, it works. God. So she did like by me swiping it, she did something and it's working, but the other one is not. That's so, a disaster. Anyway. So now I've gone from three keys to one, to one. <laughs> but at least I have one. Anyway. Oh my God. That, I know that was a long story, but you needed to hear it from start to finish because honestly, I, but then of course now it's one 30 and I am wired. Like I was exhausted. <laughs> now I cannot sleep. Like I think it was almost four o'clock in the morning by the time I like oh, myself down and went to sleep. Uh, it was not my best night. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but it could have been so much worse. Oh God, that is horrendous. That is the story. Well, I mean, thank goodness someone came home. Thank goodness that someone was out as late as I was and came home. And thank goodness that they like trusted me enough to let me into the building, right? Because yeah. yeah. No. I mean, if, if it were a familiar face, you'd be like, oh, no problem. Like, they know I live here. They see me all the time. But, like, these people, I had never seen them mm. before. Oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. Anyway, I got into the building. All is fine. So now I still have to, I, at some point, I have to bring that other fob back down and say, can you, can you program this one too, please? <laughs> oh, my God. This is so annoyed on Friday yeah. night. No idea, but anyway. <laughs> Oh, it's all better now. Water under the bridge. Oh, God. Yeah, not necessary, especially after the traffic. I had to tell you, so, because now I'm back in Lima. Yeah. But the, the traffic is, uh, I I was shocked at the traffic. Yeah. I was shocked yeah. at the traffic, shocked at, at food prices. Yeah. And then the gas going up was just another shock. Oh, yeah. Oh, like yeah. $1.64 or something ridiculous. Horrendous. Horrendous. But, but so yesterday I was, but I was driving to the airport. It was Monday and I left at like 644 in the morning from Hamilton and it said 55 minutes. And I literally got to, like it was less than an hour to get to the airport. Yeah. And I, I was like, okay, if I had the option of working, like going into the office mm. a couple of days and home, 
I would opt to drive in on Mondays as one of my days because there was such like the, the, the traffic was like, there wasn't right. any traffic. It was yeah. busy, but everything was flowing and moving Yeah, because another time the guy drove a lot back and forth to Toronto yeah. in the last three weeks. And I spent way too much time sitting in traffic. Like that first day was like two hours. Brutal. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And that was a, that was a Wednesday. That was a Wednesday. Morning. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. I mean, I made a point of, you know, if I got, it was like when I used to work in Scarborough. Like if I knew if I didn't leave at four, I'm not leaving till like seven. Nope, like, I know. I'm not going to sit for two and a half hours in traffic. It's just nope. like a waste of my life. I might as well do some work and then go later. I know. That's what I used to do too. Like years ago at a, when I was at a different school, it was the same. Like if it was, if it was four 30 and I wasn't gone yet, I wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. 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 Just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But I also got to the airport and I thought, well, this is really weird. There's no cars around. Like, it's really not, there's not a lineup. Like, I, I was just like, this is weird. Now, when I went to go take the rental car back, there was a lot of people, like, dropping off cars and stuff. Okay. But then I get in, and I'm like, this is departures, but, like, there's no one here. There was no hmm. one at the airport. So I was in Terminal 1, and I was flying United. And then someone said, it's Memorial Day. Oh, of course. So people have all, they're already where they're like, at, Americans yeah. are already where they're trying to be and they're not coming home yet. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Or their flights are later than mine, like in, in Toronto coming home. Like, I was like this. I mean, at the United thing, because I, I made sure I went really early, like earlier than I normally do, because I, I thought, oh, I don't want to be waiting. And I've got to go through immigration in Toronto, you know, U.S. Customs and yeah. all that. And I literally like went up and walked right up, walked in, walked right through security, immigration, because I have a Nexus card. So slick. Like, literally, I just looked at the machine and then it said proceed to to the you know officer i didn't even put my nexus card on their machine oh wow the us they just took a photo of me it was just it was literally like reading yeah my face didn't have to put my suitcases down or anything i literally just walked in and, she, and as i walked up she said sandra and i said yep and she goes <laughs> okay anything to declare i said no she goes okay have a good day like this is slick. I I mean I think I need to get myself a Nexus card. Oh, honey, it's a hundred bucks for like five years. It's like right. So... I know. Oh, oh, I think I like, need it to avoid those lines. And now Canada's changing because the other thing that was weird was when I went through security. I'm like, why am I taking my shoes off? First of all, I have Nexus. Second, I've already got my, and my boarding pass says TSA pre-approved. Like right, right, right. Why am I doing this? Yeah, why were you? Because they don't have the ability yet, but that's what was just announced, I guess, last week or the week before it in Toronto, or in, yeah, the, the, the minister of whatever it is, mm-hmm. not travel, but, you know, anyways, he has announced that, that those transportation things, and tourism. Thank you. Or something. Thank you. Yeah. That's it. Transportation. I can see him. He's got curly hair. He's a little guy. Um, but it means that you don't need to take your computers out of the bag anymore. You don't need to take your shoes off, like a bunch of stuff. Okay. Well, that's nice. 
if you have the Nexus card. Handy. Handy. <laughs> handy. Oh, handy. Except for I had a, uh, I just took a, it was a smaller plane from Toronto to Newark. And then I was on a big plane from Newark to Lima because the first flight was only about an hour or something. Yeah. So I get on, but I have my, I had a carry on, like a regular carry on because, you know, I carry on when I go back to Peru. I have two four packs of English muffins, two bags of bagels, and a thing of those breakfast rounds, all from Costco, that fit inside of my carry on. Right. Beautiful. But I have my laptop, so I threw my laptop in the outside pouch. So I get onto this plane, but the overhead things are super tiny. Oh, so it, so was it only won't a three, even fit. Three seater, yeah. So it's one, and then the the aisle, and then two. Two. And so Phil yeah. Phil always books me in just like the one. So I'm in there, and I'm trying to put it in. I'm looking. I'm like that opening looks like it's maybe eight inches. <laughs> My suitcase. I don't have the extender open, but. I can see that clearly it's like 12 or 13 inches. Right. I can, I can tell that this is not going to fit. But I still try. <laughs> of course. Of course. So then a man on the other aisle says, oh, no, you have to use this side of the plane for those. And I said, oh, okay. So then I start. And then the flight attendant comes over. And she says, oh, here, let me help you. I said, oh, it's really heavy because it was heavy. And I said, and she goes, that's okay. And so the two of us, and we're trying to jam it, jam it, jam it. And I said, you know what? I, could, I said, I could take my laptop out of the front. I said, I think I have a couple of, uh, like I had my journals in there also. I said, I can take those out and it'll maybe flatten it. She goes, that's okay. We're just going to put it in my cupboard. I'm like, oh, I said, you are uh, a gem. You are an absolute gem. Great. Because what I did not want you to tell me that you were going to do was check it. <laughs> well, I, checking it wouldn't have bothered me that much. Okay. With you. But the all my luggage because I did immigration in Toronto my um, and customs for the U.S. My luggage was going straight through to Lima, so when I went through Newark, I didn't have to pick it all up. Genius, that's. But the on the way here, I had to, or like on the way, yeah. to Trump, I had to, which was just more stress with pick, getting your luggage, rechecking it, going through customs and security and all that. So I didn't, I didn't want to risk that, you know. Then anyway, anyways, it all worked out, but I was just like, oh man. I'm a disaster. <laughs> well, that's my nothing, suitcase, nothing they're new. so heavy. They're just so heavy. <laughs> but you oh. made it. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, the other thing that was really odd is when I came, I got to Lima and I'm waiting for my suitcase to come off. And I'm like, then I start having a bit of a panic. Like, okay, all of these people, because we were in, everybody on that plane came from Newark, which means very few people probably originated. That was correct. Year. Correct. Correct. So we got these bags coming from, you know, who knows where to go to Lima. And I'm like, oh, God, I hope my bags got on there. Like, I really hope my bags got on there. Really yeah. hope my so they did. So now I have to take it. I, I told you before, like one of them is like 31.6 kilos or something, like just under the 32 and the other one is like 29.4 so they're heavy but I have to pile them on top of each other on the cart but they're also awkward like it's mm -hmm. really awkward so that's fine so I get them piled on and then I throw my carry-on on top and I've got my purse in the in the thing and I'm like you know those things are never easy to push those carts because you have to squeeze the handle and push the thing so I'm coming through and then this girl stops me she's like uh, oh, I, I'm, yeah, can I see your tags? What? 
So now they've stopped. They're stopping everybody, and wow, they to like, make to make sure yeah. that you've taken your luggage. So I all and those things I actually had just shoved in my purse somewhere, which my purse at the end of a travel day is just like a shit show. You know, it's just got it's got like wrappers. It's got all kinds of shenanigans. It's got things that I didn't have room in my suitcase or forgot. I've just thrown in my big bag, which, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God. So <laughs> I have my, at least you haven't thrown them out, Sandy. I, yeah. I have my boarding pass. So anyway, she, then she looks, she goes, oh, you only have one, you only have one suitcase. No, you, clearly, you, I said, clearly, and I'm in, now I, I'm irritated. I'm like, clearly, you can see I have three suitcases on this trolley. So no, I have three. Oh my God. And she's like, well, I need to match them. And I said, did you just start doing this? Because I have literally in the last four, four years flown in and out of this airport I don't know, 30 times? A bajillion times, yeah. And no one has ever asked me for this. And so now I've got to find, and I find them. And then she's like, oh, okay. So then I go through. Now, when you go through, they also have like two big machines and they randomly pull you in to make, take, your, take it off there, put it on this little conveyor belt, goes Lovely. Through. Of course, I always get chosen. Yeah. So I go over, but usually, and there's young guys working there. Like the, one person's looking at the, you know, the screen, but then there's like three other guys just standing there young and they're young guys mm -hmm. just want, like, usually someone comes and helps me. No one helps me. So now oh. I'm struggling and now I'm cussing because I'm just like, fuck <laughs> bullshit. This is bullshit. <laughs> you know, like, what the hell? Oh, help me. So I get, and I'm like throwing them off, but I also have to put my purse on there, but my purse has one of these purses that's, it doesn't have a zip on it. So now I'm right. it's just an open bag. Yes, with all of my bits and bobs and everything in it. So I've got that on the thing and I'm going through, but as I'm like going to move my cart, some guy is now right up my yin yang with his thing and he's like yapping at me. And so I'm like, no hablo espanol. I said, and I know you speak English because you were just on my flight that originated from New York. <laughs> and he is like, <laughs> I'm like, he's having none of it. <gasps> But I'm sweating, <laughs> Henny. I've got my sweatshirt on, and now I'm sweating because my suitcases are so big, and I've got them on the thing. But now I have to go to the other side and off offload them. Yes. And this guy is back on my yin yang, and I I turn around. I go, "You're rude. You're very rude." <laughs> As I look, and my purse is ass over tea kettle, <laughs> and everything is everywhere. And now I am super irritated. Like if I wasn't <gasps> oh, Sandy. So I'm like. Grab that, and I'm trying to, but then here's what was the best. Oh, when, no. When I turn around, there's a young girl who's got her suitcases, and two of those guys who wouldn't Yeah, help of course, me, are helping her. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. I can't not say anything. I oh, have to. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. I had to. Yeah. I had to. I had to say something. I was like, Really? I go, the old lady that's trying to like, put her stuff on, no one's helping as you watch me struggle to lift this 50, like, nine. No, it was like, for 60 pounds, I'm trying to, like, lift it on top of the other one. Oh, irritation. Not, irritation. not, not the old lady. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sad. Oh. Oh, man. Clearly, because in that point, I want to be the old lady because I want you to come and help me because it's really... I'm struggling here. That oh is, my God. 
<laughs> so riled up, you know. You just can't get good help these days, you Sandy. Just, you can't. You just can't. <laughs> oh my goodness. And, and when I was in Toronto, so I've got, and they're, the carts are smaller than the ones in Lima. So I've, I've got my, my suitcases on it and then I put the, the other one on top. But then, you know, you go and you're going in and they've got those. Like a moving sidewalk. Yeah, I know, but it's at an angle. And then, you know, it's at the end of it. The lip. Yeah. <laughs> it's stuck. No, they <laughs> fell off. <laughs> right at the end. Oh. Just can't win. Clearly, you need to travel with smaller suitcases. <laughs> That's not an option. I know. So I was reading a book this the last couple of days that and I'm reading it for like one of my book clubs so it wasn't a book that I chose myself it's not a book that I probably it's not a book that I would it's it's not that I wouldn't have chosen it because I might have because it's a memoir but it's not a book that I would have like come across I think in my own uh in my own like reading if if it hadn't been chosen for a book club I just finished it today and I'm like, I'm lukewarm on the book. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say to people like, you know, rush out and rush out and grab it. Although yep. there are things about it that were really interesting. And, and there are a couple of things that I wanted to, to chat with you about. So the book is called This Boy We Made. And the author is Taylor mm-hmm. Harris. And it says, it's like a memoir, what does it say? Of motherhood, genetics, and something else. A memoir of motherhood, genetics, and facing the unknown. That's the subtitle. So, Okay. Pretty much what it is, is it's this woman's story of a little bit of her, like, meeting her husband and a little bit of their relationship, a little bit of her own um, health journey towards the end. And then most of the book is about her and her husband uh, trying to like figure out and support and care for one of their three kids. So they have uh, a daughter, a son, and a daughter. And the son, from the time he was born, was like had things that were not typically developing about like about him whether it was his stature was especially small or like right after birth he lost weight and they had they had a real hard time getting him to gain weight um and then like moving on he missed a lot of the developmental markers as far as like speak uh, speaking and and his processing was was uh was slowed and like and so but then like they just kept trying to figure out what was happening with him and like trying to find out what was going on and and it was a whole hodgepodge of things that were either like dangerous and scary or like challenging to to work with but then like also confusing because like even when he was 
having educational testing done, he would be in like the 92nd percentile for some things and the 16th percentile for other things. Like, Mm -hmm. and so no one could really get a read on what is happening inside this boy's body. Like not even just his brain, but like his body, you know, that because he also, the, the very first thing he was diagnosed with was something that is related to blood sugar, but it's not, um, it's not diabetes, yeah. because, but it's something where the, the blood sugar drops drastically and dramatically for no apparent reason. So mm-hmm. like, um, he, like the one night he had pizza and ice cream for dinner. And then in the middle of the night, his blood sugar was so low that he was seizing. But, like, there's no reason for his blood sugar to have dropped, like, to a dangerous level, like, in a, you know, four-year-old when he's just had pizza and ice cream, you know, like, like, and so everything about it was, like, medically odd, and, you know, like, and, and so then it's the story, really, of them trying to a little bit come to terms with the fact that this kid is maybe not typically developing in the way that the older sister was or that the younger mm-hmm. sister was. And so, you know, then it's really just sort of coming to terms with things that I thought I saw for my son might look different, but then also like, you know, fighting with the school board and the education system and like trying to get him the support that he is legally deserving of but then because they don't really know what's going on they don't want to help you know like but then also medically trying to figure out what is going on with this kid and at one point she talked about you know like the like weighing the options of you know subjecting this this small child to more testing when she knew that it was possible that the test was going to show them nothing you know like she's like and so I'm always trying to decide like because of course a lot of this was happening when this child was an infant a toddler a preschooler you know like and so she's like I'm subjecting this kid to you know all of this different um medical testing testing whether it was you know needles or um, you know, uh, different scans and MRIs and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And, and he doesn't really understand what's going on. And she's like, and I, and it, you know, it got to a point where it was like, well, it's not this, well, it's not this, well, it's not this, well, it's not this. And so she's like, you know, anyway, they ended up having genetic testing done. And so they found some, they found something with one of his genes that they that they then did genetic testing on the parents. And so oh. so they ended up finding some sort of a gene in her, the mother, that that made that suggested that she was at an extremely high risk of breast cancer and ovarian cancer. Uh, so, so then there's like this additional piece of like yeah. her trying to decide what she's gonna do huh. preventatively to avoid getting cancer herself. But so there's sort of like these like dueling like system or like dueling yeah. stories like in, yeah so it was sometimes I was really into it and sometimes I was like okay can we like you know keep going you know like so it was yeah. a little scattered for me and a little like too much but the one thing that stuck with me was like this this 
real sense that if I just knew what the problem was, not that that's a solution, but like that that would at least bring me some peace, you know, like, and, mm. and so I've been thinking a lot about that too, especially like, I think about that often actually with my sister who also is, mm-hmm. is chronically ill and has a maybe diagnosis, but a not sure, you know, and like, yeah. and she's also like, you know, for years and years and years, it's been okay, but can we just, can we just get a name? Can we just get a, a yeah. like a, a, de- a, a, a definite know, a, diagnosis? Yeah, like a, like a so label we, that says, this is in yeah. fact what you have. This is exactly yeah. what, you know, and, and so she has said that too. Like, she's like, even if, even if what it is, they can do nothing about it. She's like, I just yeah. feel like I would feel better if I knew what it was, you know? And, yeah. and I really got the sense from this mother, like, t- you know, trying mm-hmm. to figure out what was going on with her son. Like, I really got this sense that she just, she really felt like if she at least had a name for whatever it was that, that was yeah. going on with her son, that that would make things better. And, yeah. and I really, so it was, it was, uh, heart-wrenching that way because because there's you you just you feel the the angst and the uncertainty of of yeah like all this going on right and 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 nothing really nothing really coming of it you know like Mm -hmm. it's like it's like well he's got this but it doesn't really fit the features of all of this thing then he's got this but that's not really that either you know like and so, and then in the midst of all of that, you know, you have two other kids and her husband, yeah. you know, working full time and has gone back to school and she's trying to like manage her own life. Yeah. And, you know, so it's, it just, it was a really good picture of like, life is complex and everyone is juggling a lot of different things all at the same time and you know and and health is fragile and it was all of those little pieces and so I feel like the package could have been better but the the pieces were all there you know yeah but but certainly it certainly had me thinking about like how important that diagnosis can feel well I I think and you know I'm not sure this is the best way to describe it but I think it helps to legitimize mm-hmm. what's happening for because there's when you can't there will always be those people who think that maybe there is nothing wrong yeah and I yeah. know your sister has has experienced that yeah. with, with medical professionals yeah and and so I, I think, you know, like the mother said is like knowing what it is, even if you can't do anything about it, mm-hmm. but at least because otherwise, like then you know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like otherwise mm-hmm. you're just always wondering what it is because you yeah. can't make a plan if you don't know what you're dealing with. I know. I know. So even if there really isn't a plan, that is a plan. Yeah. Yes. Like the plan is, is that, okay, there's nothing we can do about this, but we can do things outside of that. Yeah. Well, as a least, result of knowing this. Yeah. And at least I feel like you would, you would at that point feel like, okay, so we've, we really have exhausted all the options. Yeah. Right. Like there, I think until you know what's going on, there is a sense of, okay, but we're missing something. Yeah. So it had me thinking a lot about that. And then it also had me thinking about like a little bit about food and nutrition too, just because so much of, so much yeah. of is, 
uh, medical issues were related to this like sudden drop in blood sugar and and you know and 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 even as an infant and a toddler they had a, a really hard time getting him to put on weight and so it was all about you know yeah. like you know sugar water and you know butter yeah, on everything and like all these things to like try and support this kid with his with his nutrition you know and and then you know having making sure that he ate something right before he goes to bed because they're worried about the blood sugar dropping overnight and and then having to explain to a two-year-old a three-year-old a four-year-old yeah. why they have to do this you know and yeah. and so there's a part in the book where he's like so he's like I I need more protein <laughs> and the mom's like oh. you know and and so she said yes and some carbohydrates she's like but I struggle to explain to him like what a carbohydrate is yeah like I mean you know Fair. Fair. <laughs> I yeah. also struggle to explain people to people what a carbohydrate is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but, uh, but is it, didn't didn't your sister also have a uh, with the blood sugar like randomly in the middle of the night? Because I was, why do I think that when we were in Disney, like she in the bed because you slept with her, like had like that is candy and she, stuff. Oh, she always had a little nest of snacks in her bed. Yes, that is true. It would be messy, though, if you rolled on to, like, some M&Ms or I something. Mean, sometimes it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's. I mean, she's a she's a mess, that girl. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but she does seem to have a little bit better control over, over her sugars than she did a while ago. But, yeah, I mean... That's the, that's the thing. And it's, it's the thing that we talk about all the time when we're talking about weight that, you know, there's just so much going on in your body that you have no control over or that you yeah. know nothing about. Right. But mm -hmm. I think when it comes to any sort of anything to do with your body, whether it's your weight or your hormones or, you know, something going on medically inside of you, yeah. you know, there's, you know, and your body is doing all sorts of all sorts of things to compensate. It's, and, you know, it's making adjustments behind the scenes. Exactly. That's it. And sometimes those adjustments are are helping you, and sometimes those adjustments can yeah. be harmful to you, right? But your yeah. your body's just doing the best it can with the information it's got, right? Yeah, yeah. I actually had a, a lunch with a friend on Friday, and we were talking about hormones. And because she asked me about hot flashes, and I was telling her that you know. I hadn't, I, that they've seemed to be like gone because I'm taking the medication. Right. The, um, but she, she had in November, she had an IUD taken out, but the, I, because while she had the IUD, she gained like 45 pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and she said, she just has not been able to shake it. Like the, the IUD has been out and she thought, okay, you know, after a while, like things. Yeah. 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 Oh. But I think that that's, but that's what we don't realize. Like we think, okay, like we'll just put this thing in It's not big, but you, there's a lot of power in that, you know, and, and any of these, even if a pill is a tiny pill and that what it can really do to our whole system and how long it can take for our bodies to find it's it, like get back to normal, like actually mm -hmm. rid itself of, of whatever, you know, the, the medication that you've, you've put in. So, I, I mean, I had completely forgot that about 
that she had had that, but because um, I was I was saying that you know the option the doctor had said because now she because she asked me she was like aren't you aren't you getting your period with that I said yes thank you for asking I am like every <laughs> every every three weeks for like seven days yeah yep I am and she's like ugh that that's rough <laughs> I said yeah you could you could say it's rough and and then she was saying about I said the doctor said to me I could have. Um, an IUD. I said, and I've, I've said, I don't want one. I don't, I don't want to put right. anything, you know, if I can avoid it right. something foreign in, in my body. But yeah. and then she had shared that and I was like, Ooh, that's also rough. That's also rough to have gained weight and then not be able to shake it. That's what's frustrating because it's not, you know, it's not your food. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, and I mean, and anyone who is taking medication for all, like any sort of, yeah. Uh, you know any any different sorts of things right like yeah that can be it often is a side effect of many different medications right and I know I know and I know like you know I've had to take some medications in the last couple of years for like injuries and you know that but I like the first thing I would do before I even started taking it was to Google that because it made me think about whether I want to take it or not, which is not the right. It should not be, that should not be what I'm thinking about. Right. Okay. So, okay. So I also have done that before I, before I, I made choices about medicines and things look to see, is this going to cause gain weight, gain, uh, weight, gain weight. Is this yeah. going to cause weight gain? Because yeah. it's like, that's a concern. So, so here's the question then, I guess, if it was a medication that was going to improve, that was going to give you a better quality of life from a pain standpoint or, from you know something else that you were trying to to control or maintain or you know whatever and a side effect was weight gain is that enough for you to say no no or is it's it just something that would then make you fret about it but you would still do it yes that's yeah i'll, I'll go with the second option honey thank you <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah for a hundred yes yeah, I will take fretting about things that I can't do anything <laughs> about for a hundred please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, because, because I also now know like, okay, if you're in pain, like if you've had surgery, your body needs to recover. It is sending everything it has to that spot. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, you know, someone's like, everyone here, we need help, you know? And so everything is going there to try to heal you because that's what, that's what the body's, that's what the body does. But I, it does, and it makes no sense to not take the medication that is going to give a, your body a little bit easier time doing that. And I swear, you know, often people are like, oh, well, I'm not going to take the medication because I can just tough it out. I don't want to take that because it's blah, blah, blah. No, that's you can't do that. Your body actually takes longer to heal. It makes no, if you have medication that you can take to take away pain, what, why are you, what are you doing? You got to take it. You got to take it. I mean, you don't have to take it forever, but here's the thing, Hen. Also, every single medication will say possible side effects. Wait, Wait game. <laughs> Everything says it. I know. Everything I, says- I mean, pretty much, pretty much any medication you ever look at, it's going to say yeah. possible side effects, yeah. nausea, 
Yes, vomiting, <laughs> vomiting, <laughs> constipation, diarrhea, yeah. uh, weight gain, for sure. Because because of course, if that has happened to one person, like it, it's it's it has to be included. Yeah. But yeah, I I mean yeah, but the but the struggle is real. Like if you are yeah. taking something that that has caused you to gain weight. Yeah. Or is you know really getting in the way of of removing weight when you're trying to it that is frustrating and you know like my friend it's it can take forever to to actually get right out of out of your system just because when we start taking a medication we often for some medications it your body has to build up a tolerance to it and Mm -hmm. to get used to it and so it takes that long on the other side to rid yourself of it Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. frustrating. Just, I'm just thinking about fretting about things we have no control over. <laughs> Whether or not the medication I'm taking is going to cause me weight gain. One. What yeah. are what are other things that you might fret over, but you know you actually can't control it, but you're just going to worry yourself to like worry yourself sick about it anyway. Oh, I mean, fretting about like when you're in traffic and you think you're going to be late. Oh, yes. That, I do that all the time. I and I actually have to say to myself, you know what? You can't do anything about it. No. Like, okay, you know, adjust in your head. Because it usually happens when I've got way too much planned. Yeah. And so there's no time for that. There's, I don't yeah. have any time, any, any leeway for those shenanigans to be happening. Yeah. 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 People canceling out on things like... You used yes. to really think about it a lot with, like, if I had made arrangements um, with my granddaughters, they're the mother, because a couple of times, like, it's a, closer to the time she, like, would say, I can't take them, okay. or, you know, whatever, and so that was always really stressful, because then I would be very upset, because right. that was something I was looking forward to, so I always, like, set myself up for, like, anything can change and if it does that's okay you know so yeah. I, I do walk myself through that I've also gotten better about how far in advance I communicate to that to her mm-hmm. and then always a follow-up mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. it too mm-hmm. so even time of day that you send the text messages like right lots Makes there's a lot sense. of things which which is you know why I still go to my therapist and she's you know still getting my money because <laughs> these are the things and she's like I, Sandy why I I know I can't help it I can't I just can't help it I do it yeah anyways <laughs> what what are the things that you fret about yeah I mean I I I'm always worried about things not being done on time and things and like not having enough time to get things done or to meet the, uh, the, the commitments that I've made. I always worry about that. And like, and it's silly. I mean, I guess it's not completely something that is outside of my control because to a certain extent, if I have things that have to be accomplished by a certain time, like I, I am in control of getting those things done, but then there are other things outside of just me getting them done that do get in the way, right? Like right. other people, other people's schedules, for example, you know, like, and so, and, and the thing is like, 
they always get done. Like I always find a way to get them done. So I don't, I shouldn't worry. So like I worry so much about it because I know it's gonna, I know it'll, I'll figure it out, but I do worry unnecessarily about, about getting stuff done for sure. But when it's something that you're worried, like if it's, if it's causing you to worry, does that, does that worry already, like, is that what starts you having a like plan B in place? Like thinking about, okay, well, this, I'm, I don't think this is going to happen. Or I, I ha- like, what if it doesn't happen? Then what will I do? Have you, do you start that process already or no? I think it depends on what it is. Like, I think, I think for a lot of things, for sure, like I'll, I'll have this moment of worry, like I'm not going to be able to get this done. And so then I'll be like, okay, so what would my plan B be? And then as long as I've got a plan B, then I don't have to worry about it. The, the trouble is when I can't see a plan B yeah, and then I just like worry about it constantly because I know there is no plan B. And so what am I going to do? I don't know. You know? Yeah. But I mean, the thing is like, none of this, none of this stuff is a life or death scenario. Yeah. You know, so there, there is really no point in, in working myself up into some sort of a frenzy about it because it's going to be what it's going to be, you know, and if something doesn't get done or if something's late or, you know, like it, yeah, it just, it's just going to be how it is. Right. I just, I just hate for that to be the case although like I said it never has been like it it never actually goes to that I just I am in a constant I'm in a perpetual state of it might you know it it freaks me out I don't like it yeah so I so I definitely worry about that I think I, I think all of my worry power is taken up by worrying about things getting done on time <laughs> so on the weekend you knew I was going I was taking my granddaughters to see the Harry Potter show in Toronto yeah. so you you helped me on Friday to purchase the rush tickets which was brilliant so I had the tickets and so Saturday morning we're going to go so I was also planning to stay overnight in Toronto which meant I had to park my car somewhere yes so initially I had like put a reservation in a hotel that was more north like it was the Novotel that was like north of Shepherd up up and around there okay. but it was $440 for a night and I'm sorry I yeah. I just it was ridiculous but the plan was to go into Toronto with the girls we were seeing the matinee in the afternoon going to see my daughter um and her boyfriend for dinner stay the night and have breakfast with Graham and Alexandra on Saturday yeah. and Sunday morning. Like, so it was a whole thing. So I was yeah. trying to like just swallow the fact that it was going to cost that much money. And even if I'd stayed downtown, it, the, the prices were exactly the same. Plus I was going to have to pay like 55 to $60 a day for parking. Right. So anyways, I was talking to Phil during the, like that the last week and I was like, oh, I don't know, honey. He said, you know, I think we still have points. You want me to go look? I said, okay, go look at a hotel. So oh. then he was like looking at hotels and whatever, blah, 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 blah. So he's like, oh, you know what? I have, he goes, we have points. We can go to the residence inn. It's right down, like it's right downtown. Yeah. It's right like John and, uh, it wasn't Victoria because Wellington, it was at 255 oh, yeah. Wellington, right by like super, like right down there. Right but in the, the center of everything. Yeah. But the show is that. At the theater that's like at Dundas Square. Yeah, Ed Mervish Theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so I said, well, 
what's the parking? Well, it's $55 a day for the valet parking. Well, I need two days. I'm not paying that. That's craziness. Even though the hotel is like in points. <laughs> on points. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not free because we somewhere along of the course, line. Of course. We're going to have to buy a, like pay for a hotel that we, you know what I mean? Of but course. anyways. So fine. So anyway, he's like, oh, well, there's like these apps so you can pre-book and pay for parking. I'm like, okay. So he's like, oh, there's one on Bremner. He said, and that's cheap. It's like, I think it was, he said $18 from like Saturday morning to Sunday morning. And I said, yeah, but that's a 10 minute walk with a suit. I have one suitcase in the girls and whatever. Mm. I said, I see one here that's $30. I said, that's fine. I'll pay 30. It was uh, uh, 215 no, 115 Front Street. So it's okay. like between John and some other boy named Street. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. I'm, I can visually see it. I can yeah. see the building. It shows me whatever. So we leave the house plenty of time. I wanted to be there at 1030. I could only go in at 1030. You can't go in earlier than what you've booked it for. Okay. So we leave just after nine and it says we're going to get there at 1015. And I was like, oh, snap, that's too early. So we're coming to Burlington. I thought, oh, I needed to pick something up at Best Buy. So I'm going to go to Best Buy. I'll just pop in, pop back on the highway there in Burlington. It doesn't open till 10. Oh, okay. Well, that's no good. So then I decided I'm going to make a different road trip to let's go to a shopper's drug mart and pick something up. So by the time I go and do that at Burlington Mall and then go now, it says I'm going to get there at like 1045. I'll go. Okay. Then there is a major crash. (gasps) No. So now I'm getting there and I literally get get to where the parking garage is and it's 11. I think it was 1110. So that's okay because I still have time. We're going to walk four minute walk to the hotel drop the bag off we're gonna walk over we're gonna grab something quick to eat and already they wanted a breakfast sandwich from tim hortons i'm like that's fine we'll get that around like quarter to 12 for the 12 30 show we're good pull in big sign says lot full i'm like what i've already but you've paid, but you've prepaid for a spot my so i thought oh well maybe Maybe it's only that they're not, you can't, no new people can go in. But yeah, because yeah, yeah. Got it. So I go, but there's a big barrier there. So I'm driving around the barrier to get in. And then before, before I allow the gate to open, I think to myself, self, but what if that isn't, but what if it really is, there is no spot in there. And now I'm going to have to pay to get out and figure something right. out. Right. So there was a car that was already like pulled down just sitting there with people in it. I pull back around. I go beside them. I roll my window down. I'm like, did you have paid parking? They're like, yeah, we've already paid two. And we're on the phone with them. They're sending us to another lot. I'm like, well, that is really annoying and frustrating and stressful. So I phone this number. Some It's in the U.S. in Chicago. The person, she's like, oh, well, I'm really sorry. I'll just, I'm, I'm putting the credit through. You'll get the money back. And I said, okay, but I still need a parking spot. I have my granddaughters in the car with me. We have a show we're going to see. I did this to alleviate the necessity for me to be trying to find a parking lot. So she's like, okay, okay, well, let me do that for you. Okay, yeah, perfect. She goes, oh, I've got one. It's only $12 Canadian for the whole, like, from the time. And she goes, it's at 120 Bremner. And I'm like, yeah, I could have booked that one already, (laughs) but I didn't want to. I wanted to be closer. So now... It's like 20 after 11. So now I've got to come back out and now I've got to find this place. Oh, and I drive up and it's, 
I'm at the Delta Hotel, which is right on Bremner, and it's at 120 Bremner. But that's what the address says. But that says valet parking and I go to go in and no, it's a roundabout and now I'm just like oh my god really so anyways I finally find it I go down I've got a thing I scan but when I roll my window down the 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 pole that you get you know all this stuff I go to put my thing in but it's also one of these where you like swipe like you just put your hand front and it pulls a ticket out so now I've got a ticket but I already know tomorrow I'm going to need to put the ticket in. So I got out of the car and there's a girl in the booth. So I say, she goes, oh, that's no problem. It'll be fine. You're just going to blah, blah, blah. Okay. I'm already like freaking out because we're like now, like 10 now, minutes away. Yeah. I've got a 30 minute walk to the thing and now I've got to have something to eat and whatever. Anyway, we finally, I'm like, I'm going to have to worry about this tomorrow, but I've got to park. So I take a photo because I know I already won't remember where I'm parking. We can walk out through the Delta Chelsea or the Delta, not the Chelsea, the Delta Hotel, get out, walk up, drop the bags, get over. And now it's like 12.03 and I'm looking for a Tim Hortons on Young Street. Find one. We get our breakfast sandwich. We get to the thing at 12.20. Okay, everything else goes fine, blah, blah, blah. Until Sunday morning. No. When I go to get it. No. And you know, damn well, I've got to put the ticket in and it's $36. So it wasn't that bad, to it's be honest. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have already paid them 12 So now I'm annoyed because I paid them 12 And you know right. damn well that I want my 12 bucks back. <laughs> I do. I know you want it back. And <laughs> actually, I, I want the 36 back for the inconvenience. Exactly. <laughs> that is what I want. So I'm like, ugh. So I pay it because now we're going to Graham's and whatever. And so uh, yesterday when I'm at the at the airport super early because there was no one there, I'm like messaging and I write this big email telling them like how this is the second time that I've been very disappointed and, you know, I want my money back. I have photos of the slip that I've paid and all this shenanigans. And I'm like, blah, blah, blah. I said what I would really like is to have you pay me the $36 I paid because I thought I was paying 12 But I realized that that probably is not going to happen. So in, at the very least, I should be getting my 12 bucks back. Yeah. So I write this big thing. I have my granddaughter. I mean, it's a whole thing. I have to, I'm like, of making, course I'm, it is. Because I got time on my hands. It's got to so be a whole thing. I send it off less than two minutes later. I get a response with a thing saying my money's been credited back to me. Oh, my goodness, Sandy. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we've done a really good job of bookending this uh, this podcast episode <laughs> with me being locked out of my building. Oh, yeah. And, and you not having a parking spot. I mean, we did a really good job this weekend, didn't we? <laughs> we, we yes, we did. We did. We did. But I have to tell you, this is the last thing I'm going to say, is that I love Toronto. Um, I love living in Toronto. Yeah. I truly truly do love it and on a Sunday morning there is no one and I'm right downtown like I'm at like John in front I know and the sun is shining and I it was know. beautiful and there was like just my granddaughters and I on the road like no one else it was delightful I think we should ask people this week what city they love okay I love Hamilton too. Bangkok's still my favorite city in the whole world, but I really love living. I love Toronto. I do love it. I really love Toronto. I love living in Toronto. I also really love Paris and I loved living oh, in Paris. Yeah. Well, right. we'll see what okay. other people have to say. Let's see. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye. Talk to you next week.
All right. Bye.